want you to think about this question. Don't yell it out loud. I would not be here today without. And fill in that blank. Now, the reason I didn't have you yell it out loud is because somebody told me earlier they would have yelled coffee. And that wasn't exactly where I was going with this today. Because I'll go ahead and give the most obvious and impactful answer. I would not be here today without the grace of God, obviously. I know many of us would say that. Wouldn't be here without God doing a work in my life and helping me uh, get to that position. But how, think about this, how did God demonstrate that grace in your life? Probably the same way that he demonstrated that grace in my life, it was through the actions of people. And so when I ask the question, I would not be here without and say, hey, fill that in, what comes to mind for me most, uh, most of all is people. That's the most consistent way that God has demonstrated his love and his grace to me. It's through the actions of people, people I'm thankful for. And so that's what's been on my mind this week as we uh, had kind of focused on Thanksgiving, of course, as a nation and, and think about the things that we're thankful for. Really, when it comes down to it, more than anything else in my life that I'm thankful for, it's people. Sure, I like stuff. We're going to talk about stuff here in just a minute. But I'm thankful for people because there are several people that have invested in me in so many different ways along my journey. And some of the people I know about, some of the people I don't even know about that, that did things so that I could be where I am today, living the life that I'm living today. And so one of the things that happens in my heart is it makes me want to say, okay, well, how do I live a life that I can be a person that someone else is thankful for? Have you ever given yourself that challenge? How do I live a life in such a way that I'm a person that someone else is thankful for. You see, the underlying verses that we've been looking at all year long as a church, the great commandment and the great commission, really put those things together. The great commandment, when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing that I can do? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's living the type of life where when we love our neighbor as ourselves that we're living in such a way that other people can be thankful for us. So summed up, we're supposed to love God and love others. And we do that by what we've been talking about over these past few weeks with the who's your one. One of the ways that we demonstrate love to others is that we share the hope that comes in knowing and following Jesus Christ. This hope that we lit the candle for today, the hope that we're anticipating the return of Jesus Christ. We have hope because of the work of Jesus Christ, and we get to share that with other people. And another way that we're a blessing to other people is literal physical blessings, doing things for them, giving them time, giving them money, giving them resources. And so <clears throat> when I look at how Jesus worked with his disciples, we see that not only did Jesus meet spiritual needs, he also met physical needs. As a matter of fact, often in scripture, you'll see that Jesus met physical needs first, and then he started working on the spiritual needs. And so it's so important for us to be able to help serve others by being a blessing to them, both spiritually and physically. And so it's important for us to be thankful in this season, but what does that lead to in our life? Because following Jesus and finding life means loving God, but also loving others. And I want to point out a, a, a verse in 2 Corinthians. If you want to go ahead and turn there, you can. It's going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And Paul's writing to the church 
about how the church should be acting as being a blessing to others that are around them. And, and I think it's a great model for us just to look at and follow about what it looks like to be a blessing. He starts in verse 5, and he says this, Therefore I considered it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance the generous gift you promised so that it will be ready as a gift and not as an extortion. And the point is this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, are out of compulsion since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you. That'd be a great place to underline in your Bible. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything that you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides the seed for the sower and the bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for all generosity which produces thanksgiving to God through us. I think there's a lot of things to look at in this verse as we think about thankfulness, as we think about what it means to love God and what it means to love others and how we actually put that into action in our life. I think it's very purposeful and I think it's very interesting that a season of thanksgiving in our culture is followed by a season of what? Giving. Thanksgiving is followed by a season of giving. We typically give gifts at Christmas. We typically stop in, in, in November and we think about, I'm so thankful for. And when you're a thankful person, what does it compel you to do? It compels you to be a blessing to other people. As a matter of fact, what I would say is a thankful life is a generous life. Now think about that. A thankful life is a generous life. I, I thought about this this week. And you can challenge me on it, maybe. I've never met a person that is thankful and stingy at the same time. I've never met that person. Thankful people are not stingy people. They're not, they're not greedy. They're, they're thankful. They're, they're glad to have their blessings. And most of the time, they're glad to share their blessings. They, they realize that they didn't get here by themselves. And they're willing to help other people get there. And so that's why I started the whole thing with, who are you thankful for? How did you get here today? Who invested in you to get to this point in time and what can you do? You know, my friend Rick puts it this way. You can't be grateful and hateful at the same time, right? You can't be grateful and hateful. A truly grateful person is going to have evidence in their actions. And so we see these things tied together. And I, and I love what Paul puts here in verse 8. God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that you have the ability to excel in every good work. That's what he's saying. God gives to us so that we then can do the work of God and be a blessing to others. That's where we begin to find life. That's where we begin to understand that God wants to work through me 
to be a blessing to others, whether I'm sharing my story of hope and faith to encourage them to come to life in Christ or whether I'm meeting physical needs by serving a meal or doing mission work or whether I'm sharing out of my abundance to help them in a time of need, these are the ways that we begin to find life. And so we begin to understand that generosity reveals a heart that believes that God is all sufficient and all gracious. When when we're generous, it's our way of demonstrating that we believe that God is all sufficient and all gracious. God has abundantly given to me, so I wanna be a blessing to other people. I'm thankful for the things that I have and my thankfulness compels me to be generous. I, I can't tell you, in my life, there have been so many people that have invested in so many ways And the common thing that I would tell you that it it compels me to do is this. I would love to be able to turn around and do that for someone else. Every time someone's generous to me, it always puts in my head, man, I'd love to be able to do that for someone else. And I'll make this story quick. Probably one of the most incredible ways that someone was generous to us one time. I had driven somewhere to try to visit someone and was on my way back. And Julie and I were very young and early married. We didn't have, we were po. We couldn't afford the other O&R, you know what I mean? We, we just, po. And so it was just really early on in, in our marriage. And we were just kind of, you know, living paycheck to paycheck and trying to, to get by. And I ended up having a wreck. I ended up hydroplaning in an ice storm, you know, because Texas doesn't have snowstorms. We have ice storms. And so I was like, what are we going to do now? Uh, because we were so poor. We didn't have insurance on the vehicles, but we had the, I'm sorry, we had the minimum insurance, not the one that took care of you, the one that took care of the person that you hit, you know, whatever that's called, liability, I know. Um, So we were like, we're out of a car now. And then this person in the church called me up and said, hey, I'd like to take you to lunch. Okay, great, we'll go to lunch. Where do you like to eat? Took me to my favorite restaurant and then told this story about some things that are going on in their life and then just said, and I would like to to give you a car. (laughs) All right then, right? You know, it's... Wow. And in my head, I was going, they're, okay, they've got an old car, used car, something lying around. And, and they looked at me and they said, and we know what you like, and so don't chimp out and go pick it out and we'll write the check. How about that? And I'll tell you what it compelled me to do. It compelled me to want to do that for other people. And I won't tell you if I have or haven't, but you can probably fill in the blank. Because it compels you to say, If God is all sufficient to me in giving and he takes care of time of need, he uses people to be able to fill that gap at times. And when his people are obedient and they take the blessings that they have been given and they share those with other people, then God gets the glory and his hope gets spread out all throughout this world and great things begin to happen and you begin to get blessed in this way. Now, hear me on this. This isn't some sort of a financial plan that I'm going to invest in God and he's going to return it. That's no, that's, that's those TV preachers, okay? That's not me. That's not what this word is saying. What we're saying is that when we live a life of generosity, we're just confessing that God, it's all yours. And I find life in being able to take the things that you've blessed me with and share them with other people. And hear me on this. Generosity is not an amount. It's an attitude. Generosity is a way that we live our life. I don't care if you're a student right now that doesn't have a job and all the money you have is given to you by somebody else working a job, or if you actually make income, your attitude toward generosity 
is what matters. How do you take the things that you've been given and deal with those things? Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 22, 9, a generous person will be blessed for he shares his food with the poor. So what I would say is one of the things that we need to do to find the life that God's given us is we need to make a plan to share. You see, and this is where I'm saying it's all about attitude, not amounts. Our culture likes to tell us, likes to remind us all the time about the things that we have that um, if we had one of these different ones, our life would be better, right? And so it's kind of like the, the purpose of marketing is to have us constantly dissatisfied with things so that it would compel us to go purchase something so that then we might be satisfied for a temporary amount of time. And so most of the time, what you find as the norm in America today is people who live well beyond their means. And when we live well beyond our means, not only are we unable to take care of ourselves, there's no way we can be a blessing to other people. And hear me on this, I'm gonna start preaching. One of the ways the enemy has crippled the work of the church of God is he's filled it with people who spent too much on themselves. And they have no ability to be able to be a blessing to anybody else because they've spent it all on themselves. So we have to have a plan if we're going to do this. I'm just going to say this. It's a real simple thing that Julie and I started following a long time ago. There's a lot more to it, than I'm, and I'm not going to preach a whole sermon on this. But if you just think about having a target on the wall, a 10-10-80 target, I'm going to give 10% of my income, I'm going to save 10% of my income, and I'm going to live off of 80% of my income. And, and that simple plan, if you start living it out early, will help. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Because I'm a good Baptist kid and I've been working in churches since I was 16, I've always tithed. And yet I still tithed and lived beyond my means for a season. And that wasn't what God wanted. There wasn't a plan for me to be able to be generous. I basically tithed out of obligation thinking God was going to hit me on the head if I didn't do that. And so, okay, God, you have yours, and then can't I have the rest of mine? I didn't understand the joy of living my life in such a way where I planned to be generous and to rightly take the things that God has blessed me with and live in such a way where I honor him with them and I'm a blessing to others with them. It took me a long time to get to that place. So I stand up here and confess my sin to you. But I also stand up here and say, I'm not up here today trying to convince you to give more money to First Baptist Church. If you think that that's what all this is about, then write your check somewhere else. Because God's going to take care of this church. I'm trying to help you understand that a thankful life is a generous life. And a way that you can experience the blessings of God is to be the hands and feet of God and being a blessing to others as you take the things that God's blessed you with and learn to see them in a right perspective and live in such a way that makes a plan to be a blessing to other people that wakes up every day and says, I'm ready, God, when you want me to be a blessing to someone else, you show me what I can do and I will do it. And if you ask me to do this, then I'm going to do it because I trust that it all comes from you and everything I have is from you and you just give it to me to use for your glory. That's the way that we should be living. Deuteronomy 15.10 says, give to him and don't have a stingy heart when you give. And because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything that you do. You see, that's what we mean when, when, when we share, we're demonstrating trust in God that he's the provider of all things. So why don't we do this more? I've already told you the one thing, we kind of live in a culture that encourages us to live well beyond our means 
which leaves us paralyzed on those type of things. But there's some other things that are just attitudes of the heart that get in our way. You know, sometimes we don't, we aren't generous because we try to control people through our giving. You ever met those people? I'm not going to give to them because they're just going to do this with it. I'm only going to give to them if they only do this. Or I'm, that's not giving from generosity heart. That's not an example of what God's, that's manipulation of things, of saying that I'm only going to do this when, when I get to control this. Thank God, literally, that he did not treat us that way. But Romans 5.8 reminds us that God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, hey, when you get all this together, I got some great things that I'll help you with. He said, I'm just going to go ahead and pour this blessing out on you. And I'm going to demonstrate love by meeting the need that you could never meet for yourself. And I'm going to trust that God's going to work in your life to do that. So God gave it before we deserved it so that we could experience what that type of unconditional love is like. And I told you, my testimony would be the people who've, who've been generous with me have only compelled me to want to be generous in return. You know, another reason that, we don't, that we're not generous at times is, honestly, we just fail to prepare to do it. Yeah, giving should be spontaneous, yes. We should be compelled sometimes. We have opportunities, we do that. But when we live in such a way that we're actually ready for it, then we can be a blessing. But if we live in such a way that everything is focused on ourselves and our needs, then we can't. Again, I say it's not about how much you have. It's about how, dis- how you distribute what you do have that matters. And the third reason, it's kind of blunt, but it's the truth. Sometimes we miss out on generosity just because we're selfish. That's just the truth sometimes. And so, again, drawing all this back to that we're supposed to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves then some of the ways that we get to do that, some of the ways that we honor God is by taking the things that he's given us and being his hands and feet. And then some of the ways that we love our neighbor is by loving them and meeting those needs as well. Think about this. God gives to me in abundance so that I can be a blessing to others. That's why Paul wrote in this passage, always having everything that you need so that you may excel in every good work. Paul's writing in this passage in 2 Corinthians, he says, look, you take this and you give it and you're demonstrating trust in God because as you give these things away, you realize that God's gonna provide for you everything that you need to always be able to do the work that he's called you to do and the things that you need to do. That's this trust in God that we have. God invites us all to find life and joy and peace and happiness by joining him in his work. He allows us at times to be his hands and feet and to get to experience the joy of being a blessing to others. And hear me clearly on this. God's desire is to bless his people, and in fact, he already has. But he also desires that his people be a blessing to one another and to others. And if you think about this, it's hard to bless someone who's not thankful, isn't it? It's hard to bless someone who doesn't share either. Uh, small Parents of small children, parents of multiple small children, raise your hands, wave around, okay. Maybe this has happened to you as well. You're driving in the car, there's multiple children, there's one object of affection in the back seat. Don't know what it is, could be a screen, could be a toy, could be whatever. You're driving down the highway, you're in the driver's seat, 
And all of a sudden from the back you hear, I want that. No, it's mine right now. I don't have that. Oh, no, I want that. And then it gets louder and louder and all the straight. You heard that? And in your heart, it compels you to want to pull over to the side, take the object of affection, and throw it out into the field far away so that no one can have that, right? There's nothing in your heart as a parent goes, you know what I really need to do? I need to give them more things because they're arguing that they don't have enough. They're going, I, they don't know how to deal with one. I'm not giving them any more. But maybe you've had this blessing. Maybe you've been driving in that car, you're going down, and all of a sudden from the back seat you hear, hey, can I see that? Well, yeah, you can see this for a minute. You're like, what? what? Mark the day. And you're like, are you, and then you hear peacefulness and sharing, and hey, can you give me, yeah, I'll hand you that. What does it make you want to do? It makes you want to pull over and go, what was it that you wanted? How many of those did you want? You want this candy bar too? How about this thing? You want one of these, one of these? Because you see that they're behaving in such a way that they're taking the blessings that they've been given and they're doing the right things with them. That's what this verse is trying to tell us. That when we do the things that God has allowed us to do and instructed us to do with the blessings that he's given us, then he's always ready to go, man, you're doing the right things. Let me give you more so that you can be more of a blessing to others. Now hear me, I'm not saying this prosperity gospel As in, you just go, okay, you do the right things and God does this. That's not what this is saying. He's saying that as you take the things and you trust God and you're a blessing to others and you're wondering, I'm not sure how I'm even going to be able to take care of things. God finds a way to take care and bless you. It's not always monetary. Sometimes the blessings we receive go far beyond that. Okay? But we need to have a plan for generosity. We need to have a plan to share. We sometimes have a plan to take care of ourselves, but how often do we have a plan to be able to take care of others in a generous way? And I'm going to say this again. It's a path to life. This is not an infomercial for First Baptist Church. Our church is sustained by the generosity of the people here, and for that I'm incredibly thankful, and I tell you that all the time. And as a staff and as leaders, we commit to you to do the work of God's ministry and to do the best that we can in taking the gifts that you give to spread the gospel and to share with missions and with our own ministries and to take care of these facilities and all the things that God's given us. And God does that. And, and if all you're hearing this morning is, well, there's a pastor talking about money again, then give it somewhere else. But find the joy of being able to be a blessing to other people. And to say, God has blessed me so much that I want to be a blessing to other people and begin to find life in doing this. Because if not, there's really only one other thing that could possibly be happening. You're taking all the stuff and you're spending it on self. So I want to read this story to help you out with this this morning. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells a parable. He says, he told them a parable. A rich man's land was very productive. That means he had a lot of stuff. He thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? Ah, I'll do this. He said, I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and store all my grains and goods there. And then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool." This very night, your life is demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Underline that in your Bible. 
Ask yourself that question often. Of the things that I've prepared, whose will they be? Verse 21 says, that's how it is with the person who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now, let's just kind of modernize this parable, okay? And let me just kind of give you this picture. If you're wondering if we live in a land of abundance, count the number of storage units on your way home today. Where people pay money to have a box to store the things that don't fit in their house. That's the land that we live in. You may feel like as comparative because you know people who have really big boxes and really big barns that you don't have a whole lot. But the truth is, I said it before, it's not about amount, it's about attitude. Are you living in such a way that says, I know that every blessing that I have is from God and I get to be a conduit. I get to be the person who takes this blessing and distributes it out and lives in such a way that I am able to share hope and love with people because God takes care of my needs and he allows me to take care of other people's needs. If not, you're trying to just figure out how you can get enough stuff to survive this life. That's the only other place that you're in. And what scripture tells us about that is you can build really big barns and you can store up a lot of things and one day all the stuff that you've stored up when you're gone, all of our earthly things are going to be one of two things. Garbage or somebody else's. It's the only choice. Everything that you accumulate that's earthly finances, things, stuff, one day it's going to be garbage or somebody else's. I couldn't have had this more burned into my head than cleaning out my parents' house after they passed away. And as much as I dearly love my parents, all of the things that were very important to them were garbage to four kids. Who were going, I, I, do you want this? I don't want this. You want, nope. It's not it's meaningful to them. Is it meaningful? Nope, that's it. And you took the stuff and you went, there's your part, your part, your part. All right, let's go on with life. And all of their earthly possessions amounted to that. But the way that they invested in my life could never be repaid. The things that they did, the generosity they showed. My dad told me one time, son, would you... Quit saying that you want things because your mom will cut her arm off to get them. I'm like, Dad, I promise you I'm not saying anything that I want. Well, stop telling her you even like things. I'm like, okay, I won't tell my mom I even like anything. Because my mom lived in such a way that she did so much to be a blessing that she would sacrifice herself to make sure that her children were blessed. Y'all all probably know people like that, right? And that leaves a mark on me. All of the things that they got me in life, it's been 14 years, they're pretty much gone. But the mark that they left on me by the way that they lived their life, that's what this is talking about. Live in such a way that your generosity leads people to thankfulness and leads them to give glory to God because God has provided their needs through the things that you have done. That's the best way that you'll ever invest your money and your time on this earth. And you will find life when you do that. You see, it's amazing that God continually invites me to find life by following him. 
God continually invites me to find life by just saying, hey, do the things that I'm doing. Follow me. Do these things. Live life this way, and you will find the joy of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And that's why, to me, I think thankfulness and generosity, do they just go hand in hand? And if you have, I'll just say this, if you're having trouble being generous, then you're probably having trouble being thankful. If you're having trouble being thankful, you're probably having trouble being generous. Start with one or the other, and I promise it will lead you to the other one. Because when we get to be the hands and feet of God to bless other people, all of a sudden you start looking at the things you have and you get a whole different perspective going, wow, I didn't think I had much until I shared it with this person that needed it worse than I did. And now I realize I'm abundantly blessed. Man, God, I'm thankful. Or perhaps we just take this season of thankfulness and we enter into this season of giving and God's laying it on all of our hearts to go, okay, God, I've paused. And even in 2020, when nothing went the way that we wanted it to go, I still found so much to be thankful for that I'm now compelled to live my life in such a way to be a blessing to other people. Will you bow your heads with me?